Welcome to the Well Ministry Podcast, where we want to help you understand the Bible. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So I know the last few weeks, um, feels like the last year, um, we've been going through Genesis, and we've really been looking at the story of Joseph. And instead of picking up where Nathan left off, um, we're going to take a small detour from uh, Genesis this week, and we'll let Nathan pick back up um, next week when he is back up in the pulpit. So I want to open up this morning, we're going to do some reading um, from end of Galatians 3 um, into Galatians 4. So um, if you want to turn there, we're going to start at Galatians 3, uh, 23, and then we're going to read through um, 4, 7. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one. In Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 4. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, don't miss this. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. I don't necessarily want to fully unpack everything that we just read through. But I do want to look at some of the truths in there a little more deeply. But before we do, as we took a detour from Joseph, we're going to take another quick detour. There's a Marvel comic character out there called Moon Knight probably not familiar to most of you guys. But the idea of this character is he's based around a superhero, anti-hero type guy, but he has dissociative identity disorder. It's kind of like a multiple, per, uh, multiple personalities type thing. The guy literally doesn't know who he is. He would be one person one day in one setting, and the next day he would be a completely different person. He was so f- removed from reality, he does not know who he is. He had no foundation for... What truth was, he had no foundation for who he was. He was two different people in one body, two polar separate opposites. Now, I'm sure the majority of us in here don't have that issue. We all know exactly who we are. We are sons and we are daughters. We are mothers and we are fathers. And we are friends in this such. We are many things. But at our core, at that deep base, do we know who we are? So if you ask that question of the average adult, on an average day, I'm going to assume you're going to get upwards of 50 different answers depending on the hour or the day. 
all at the same time, I can be a husband to my wife, a father to my children, a landscaper to my yard, a manager to my employees at work, a drill sergeant to my kids when it is time to get bedrooms cleaned, a chef when it is time to cook dinner, a dry cleaner when my laundry needs to be done, a counselor when someone at work is having a bad day, a fan when lightning hockey or dolphin football is on. Hey, I, I think you guys get the point. I've got to assume for a couple of you that list is still going on, especially the mothers in the room, that list is still chopping away of how many different hats that we have to wear and how many different roles that we play throughout the days. There's a ton of these things. All of those little things are what make up part of our identity. They make up who we are. Those things all collectively make us, well, us. There's no doubt in my mind that we are many different things to many different people. But as a house has a poured concrete foundation that everything else on that house rests on, what foundation does our identity rest on? Is our identity centered and focused around our spouse or our kids? Are they what makes up the core of our life? Is our identity wrapped up in our work and our accomplishments, what notches we've put under our belt? Do those separate things in and of themselves make up the core of who you are? What foundation sets the base of your house? And what foundation sets the stability for everything else in our lives? That, that this morning is one I want to take a look at. As a Christian, as someone who says all of my hope, everything that I am is in Jesus, what truths then make up our core? So let's take a look at those last um, few verses that we read in Galatians 4.4. 4. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer slaves, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Sometimes as I read through scripture, there's things that for me are just stop and slow down and meditate type statements. That's one of them. You are no longer a slave, but you are God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. That, that is who we are. That is what our foundation and our identity is based off of. We are no longer slaves to this world, but we have been adopted, we have been named, we have been called God's child. We have been adopted as sons and daughters by the living, the perfect, the holy, and the almighty God himself. Everything else that stems out of us, it comes from that. That is the foundation of who we are. We are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are made co-heirs with Christ. Think about that. Everything belongs to Jesus. All glory, all riches, all things belongs to Christ, and we are made co-heirs with him. Take, take that in. Don't let that slip your minds. Don't that, let that be just another piece of scripture that we read through, but understand who you are, that God, the living, the almighty, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he has called us to be his sons and to be his daughters, each one of us, who say and have our faith in Christ, that is who we are. 
We are sons and daughters of the King of kings, of the Lord of lords, of the great I am. There is none greater in all the universe, in all of history, in all of existence. And we have been adopted into his family as sons and daughters. Let that permeate your mind. Let that permeate your thoughts. Let that sink into every fiber of your being. I, we, have been made co-heirs with Christ and inherit with him all of his glory and all of his riches in all things. Now that, that is an identity that is unmoving, that is unshaking, that is unchanging, that is more solid than any concrete foundation. We know, we know that and we know who we are in Christ. We know that we have been adopted as sons and daughters by the living God and that we share as a co-heir with Christ in all of his riches, glory, and all things. We know these things. We profess it. We speak it every day. But is there a chance, even a small chance, that we ever let these truths that we say that we know, do we ever let them slip our mind? Is there a chance that we ever get caught up in some kind of sin and the truth about who we are is temporarily removed from our memory? Is there even a small chance that we sit and we dwell on things that happened in our past, either things that we have done or things that have happened to us, and we spent so much time dwelling on those things that we forgot, that we stopped remembering that we don't know who we are anymore because that's all that we focus on? Can we have gotten to a point where we have stopped going to God in prayer and we've stopped reading his word as much as we used to to the point that those truths that we once knew as an indisputable fact have turned into something that's blurry and fading, something we're not so sure of anymore because it's just been so long since we've heard them. Do not be mistaken. We have a heavenly father who has called us back to him. He loves us. He desires for us to be with him. But roaming the earth is still the father of lies. In John 8, 44, that is exactly what Jesus calls Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar, and he is the father of all lies. Each one of those times when we begin to fall away, when we begin to forget just who it is that we are, when sin creeps in and gains a foothold, that we once fought so hard to eliminate, there is the father of lies feeding us those lies about who we are, lying to us about what our true identity is. Satan will never jump up and tell us that we are adopted sons and daughters of the Most High. He will never tell us that glory and riches await us when we are united to God in heaven for all of eternity. Satan will never tell us that the Holy Spirit has been poured out into our hearts. 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Satan has come to murder. Satan has come to steal. But that is not a reason for us to fret. We are called to be alert and we are called to be sober-minded. We have been united to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been adopted into God's family. Something I really loved about being here at the well, especially over the last year or so, is that we have not been shy to walk through life together. 
we had our Easter service, and we've had several times throughout the year where so many folks have come out here and poured, our, poured their hearts out, Nathan included. We've been real about life. We have shared our testimonies. We have walked through life. We have seen what raw, unfiltered, facadeless life truly looks like. Even those of us who have walked with God for decades, we've grown up with, decade, with him in our life for decades, we have sometimes forgot the promises that God has made to us. Sometimes we forget the truths that have been put in our hearts for so long. As all of us here coming up and talking and being honest and being real about what life and a Christian walk looks like, we've learned life is not a one-size-fits-all. Every one of us have had a different path, but we all have the same destination. We have taken different paths to where we've gotten to today. I am in no different in my walk. We have journeyed through addiction. We have journeyed through depression. We have journeyed through broken, broken families. We have pain from our past. The list probably will never end because every one of us has our own story, and we've all arrived here in a different way. But I can't stress that enough. I cannot say it any other way. What happened yesterday has no bearing on how Jesus Christ sees you today. In the eternal sense, your past, yesterday, does not dictate your tomorrow. Yesterday has nothing to do with how Christ sees you today and what your tomorrow and your future looks like. We have got to stay in community together we have to stay in prayer, and we have to stay in communication with our Father in heaven. We need to stay in God's word so that those truths, those promises that we once knew at the core of our identity, that they do not fade away like a memory of our youth. We need to keep the truths about who we are. We know who we are. We need to keep those in the forefront of our minds. We cannot allow our foundation to be moved or shaken. I don't know how Nathan talks so long up here. I've been thirsty. So um, I was reading through something a couple days ago, and just, again, God works in, in his ways, and it really ties in to who we are of our identity. Um, I was reading something the other day, and the premise was from an author, pastor, theologian, um, J.I. Packer. He passed away about two years ago um, at the age of 94. Um, I say that to, only to say this next section that I'm going to read, um, it, it's not from me. It's not an original. It was what J.I. Packer wrote, but it stood out so much to me that I wanted to um, bring that out to everybody today. So here's a quick excerpt from uh, what was written. <clears throat> Calling this the Christian secret of a Christian life and a God-honoring life, he, Packer, says that we should take the following truths and say it over and over to yourself, first thing in the morning, the last thing at night, as you wait at the bus and any time that your mind is free, and ask that you may be enabled to live as one who knows it is utterly and completely true. His list, list of six things. I am a child of God. God is my father. Heaven is my home. Every day is one day nearer. My Savior is my brother, and every Christian is my brother too. I'll read those one more time. I am a child of God. 
God is my father. Heaven is my home. Every day, every day is one day nearer. My Savior is my brother, and every Christian is my brother too. Could you imagine at least three or four times a day stopping and repeating that to yourself? Or having someone come and just say that over you and just speak that into you? Could you imagine just the power of that just resonating through your mind day in and day out? We read earlier in Galatians about who we are. What our new identity is as adopted sons and daughters of God. And Packer here paints and summarizes an excellent truth about what our identity looks like as a child of God. I guess I have kind of an ADD squirrel thing going on, so I'm going to detour over here real quick. Um, I do not, in any way, shape, or form, have an artistic bone in my body. There is a 100% chance you will never see me up here playing an instrument or singing a song. I have a hard time drawing a round circle. It turns out ovally and jagged. I cannot draw a straight line. It turns into a backcountry road weaving through the mountains. My stick figures are terrifying and sad. It's all really embarrassing. Um, the last men's Bible study that we just wrapped up here, we did a study on um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I am completely and utterly convinced that um, God went around handing out gifts to everybody, looked up at me and said, that's a hard pass on anything artistic. It's not happening for me. So I say that to premise that in my house we love to cook and bake. Um, I lost my spot. I say that to say, well, I don't have an artistic bone in my body. Something I do like to do, both um, me and my wife, Lynn's, is we love to cook and bake. We love it. That is our canvas to paint on. That's our stage to perform on. Those are our pages that we write on. Now, for anyone that loves to either cook or bake or has at least seen a cooking show in the last decade, um, you've seen someone create a cake, a beautiful three-layer cake. Imagine whichever flavor you would like. Three layers, light and fluffy, perfectly stacked one upon the other. For foodies, such as me, it truly is a thing of beauty. Now, after they're done assembling that cake, what's the next step? They're going to ice that cake. So depending on what kind of icing the baker's using, they will slowly pour the icing on. They will rotate the cake around so the icing touches every bit of that cake. It covers every square inch of it. And because that icing is thick, it takes its time, slowly working its, day, its way down the cake from top to bottom. And on its way down, it's going to get into every crevice, every nook and cranny. It's going to get in between every one of those layers. That icing is going to fully fill in that cake. And when it gets to the bottom, that cake's going to hit the bottom. It's so thick, it's just going to wrap up. That entire cake is going to be encased, wrapped in that icing. <laughs> now, for me, it's summer, so we're switching over to something light and fresh. I'm thinking a nice lemon glaze icing is on, uh, on tap for right now. Now, if anybody went to Publix, get a slice of cake. I will take responsibility, calories. I will take them from you. They will be my calories for the weekend. So the, you question, where do I go with this story of this delectable little delight? I go back to what I read earlier, that I am a child of God, that God is my father, and that heaven is my home, that every day, every day is one day nearer, that my Savior is my brother, and every Christian is my brother, true, brother too. Could you imagine those thoughts 
of those six truths being slowly poured over you like an icing over a three-layer cake, allowing every one of those truths to work their way into every crevice of your life, into every layer of our life, allowing those truths just to soak into who you are, and those truths allowing them to make their way all the way to the bottom, to your own bottom basement and still wrapping over because those truths are so thick and they are so real that they even wrap into the bottom bases of your life. And they fully encase you as that icing has encased the cake. Allow those truths, allow the truth of your identity to be who you are, what fully encases you. We need to know these truths about ourselves indisputably inside and out. We need to be fully wrapped in the knowledge of who we are in Jesus. We are children of God and God is our Father. Take a look at, I'll read through, take a look at John 1, 12, and 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. We are sons and daughters and children of the Most High God. There is no other name that I would want to be attached to than that of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Heaven is my home. Philippians 3, 20 through 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Do not be mistaken. Our citizenship is not of this earth. Our homes, our jobs, everything here, it is temporary. It is fleeting. I have to remind myself to put eternity into perspective. Now, I don't remind myself, or I don't remove myself when situation and troubles do come, but I do have to remind myself that what's happening right now is but a fleeting moment, that my home, my future, my everything rests in heaven. Revelation 1.4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. That, that's where I want my home to be. That's where our home and our future is. The dwelling place of God, where there will be no more tears, no more pain, or no more suffering, that, that is our true home. When we look at life through the lens of eternity, we can see much, much clearer the big picture set before us. Every day is one day nearer, Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We know that the day is approaching for Christ's return. We don't know when. The day, we don't know the hour, but we do know that it's promised. We need to leave each day knowing that we are one day nearer to eternity. My Savior is my brother, Mark 3.33. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. Here, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. We do, in fact, have a spiritual relationship with Jesus. In Mark 3, the original words used are the same words 
that are used for blood relatives, a generic meaning for the term brother and sister. Jesus, the Son of God, calls us his brothers and sisters. Now, this one is interesting, though, because when Jesus says, whoever does the will of my Father will be called his brothers and sisters. Whoever does the will of my Father. We are called to love, to trust, and to obey Jesus. And in doing so, it is then that he calls us brothers and sisters. He calls us to be part of his family. And every Christian is my brother, too. We have got to remember, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. As God chose each one of us individually, he called everybody else individually. He called everyone himself to himself. We are brought together as Christ's family through sonship and daughtership under God as our Father. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. We need to remember that every single Christian is our brother and our sister too. How much easier is it to love one another and share life together when we in fact know our identity, when we know who we are in Christ? We are not hiding in darkness, but living in the light of God. We need to constantly be reminded that we are of the same family, that we are of the same team, that we are of the same Heavenly Father. We need to be reminded that everyone is just as flawed as we are, and everybody is just as redeemed as we are too. So, I know for myself, I need to hear these things every morning before I start my day. I need to hear them during the day when I'm frustrated and when I'm overwhelmed at work, and I need to hear them at night when I finally lay my head on my pillow and I have that quiet time. We are children of God. God is our Father. Heaven is our home. Every day is one day nearer. Our Savior is our brother, and every single Christian is our brother too. We know who we are at our core. We know that. But as soon as we stop reminding ourselves and we stop bathing in the truth of God's word daily, the devil slips in to try to steal our identity from us. We cannot let that happen. We need to daily be reminded of the truth of who we are. We need to be reminded of the truth of our identities. We need to remember that we are no longer slaves but God's child. And since we are his children, he has also made us an heir. That, that is the truth of who we are. We are not who we once were. When we first believed in Jesus, we were adopted into God's family. All of us have been made sons and daughters of the Most High. We have received redemption and freedom from our sins. We have been able to experience new life and find joys that we never knew available to us. We have found freedom in Christ. We let go of, we threw away. We forever removed ourselves from our old identity and we claimed a new identity. We claimed a new identity in Christ. That is the core of who we are, is an identity in Christ. We are co-heirs with him and his riches and his glory. Let that permeate, let that sink in. 
Let that pour over you and encase you in that truth. You are a loved and cherished son and daughter of the King of kings, of the Lord of lords, of the Most High. Through the blood of Jesus, you are made whole. You are made part of his family. That is who we are. That is our identity. That is our future. That is everything else that permeates out from us. Every time that you're a husband, a wife, a mother, a father, a landscaper, a drill sergeant, your children, whatever it is that you're doing, it is through Christ. It is with Christ at the bottom. He is the furnace at the bottom of our lives. He is the foundation that we rest on. That is our identity. Don't ever forget who you are in Christ. You are not what happened 10 years ago. You are not what happened 30 years ago. You are not a bad decision that you made in your teenage years. You are not a bad decision that you made last week. You are sons and daughters of the living God. That, that, that is your identity. Let no other falsehoods fill your mind. Do not allow Satan to take a foothold. Know who you are. When your faith is in him, when your identity is shared with Jesus Christ, remember you are an heir in his riches and his glory. Who you were yesterday does not determine your future. When your faith and identity is set in Jesus Christ, you will never search, you will never need, you will never want a new identity because that, that is the strongest that is the mightiest, that is the unchanging, that is the perfect identity, is an identity set in Christ as adopted sons and daughters of the living God. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father, I, um, I, I, I thank you for this time this morning. I just pray that to everybody here, that we know who we are in you. Father, I pray that we let go of any chains, any lies, any falsehoods, anything that would allow us to believe that we have an identity other than that of adopted sons and daughters of the living God. That in that identity that we are redeemed, that we are forgiven, that we are set free from whatever lies in our past, whether it be a week, a decade, or 30 years ago, Father. I just pray that you allow us to continue that every day. Allow us to remember, Father, speak to us, speak to our mind that we are children of God. Remind us that. Remind us that you are our Father and you love us regardless. Remind us that this is temporary, that heaven is our home, and that every day we are one day nearer to eternity with you, sharing glory and riches. Father, help us to love you, to obey you, and to set our hearts on you, to be called your brother. And help us, Father, to set our hearts on loving all of our brothers and sisters in Christ and reminding them who we are. Help us to just reach out and hug the person next to us and remind them that they are a child of God, that their identity is found in you, and that identity is not of our past and is not of any garbage that sits in our our wells, Father, but they have been dumped clean. They have been completely set aside that you are our identity. Father, send us out today. Let folks know that our identity has changed. Let people on the outside know that their identity is not what it used to be, that they are redeemed, that they are loved, Father. Let us run out, in, out of this place 
and show, share our identity with everybody. Father, I thank you for this opportunity this time. I thank you so much for all that you do for us. I pray this in your son Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about The Well and other resources to help you study the Bible, go to thewellministry.co.